I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everybody. It's time for The, the Connor and Smith Show. Thank you, Places. Season four, we don't have a, a theme or a catchphrase. I think we're going to go back on our season one and just do a retro, right? Yeah, I think that's what we're doing. I think so. Tonight we're talking to Nick Lehan, uh, one of our very good friends that we love very much. Uh, we had the pleasure of appearing on stage with him in Camelot at the Kennedy Center, um, Elmer Gantry, The Fix, and Titanic. And we're talking to him tonight, catching up. Uh, he's been part of the um, podcast in a group format, but we wanted to focus on Nick tonight and just kind of catch up, see how he was. Um, and we did. And I had a good time, didn't you? Yeah, it was, well, it was Nick. We love Nick. We love Nick. We miss Nick. Um at any rate, we're going to take a break right now, and we will be right back. Hello. It's, it's you. <laughs> How are you, Nick? Oh, I'm so good. It's so good to hear your voice say. What is going on? I just finished a coaching, and now I'm having a little throat coat and a little positive energy tea. Oh, lovely. I know. <laughs> well, I am here with my co-host, Matt Connor, and our producer, Ryan. Hi, Ryan and Matt Connor. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 Nice. Oh my gosh. We're workshopping it's, it. <laughs> it. It sounds like we were doing a Jake Odemark tag. Oh my God. He's with me right now. Is he really? He, he's, he's subletting my apartment, uh, the other room in my apartment. Oh, that's funny. He could have made it. love to see it. That is called serendipity. Serendipity Duda, here we are. Um, are we live? Is this happening now? This is happening right this second. We just didn't Wait, play the theme song. That's why you don't, you're not sure. We have a theme song uh, introduction. <laughs> what would the theme song be? Have we, have we walked down that avenue? You know, Matt's workshopped a lot of things that haven't really stuck. Yeah, like if you don't know exactly what to do. Bye-bye. You could listen to us Bye-bye. while you take a poo. There you go. <laughs> Wait, I think the last time I was here, we were, we were talking about poos and farts. I mean, it comes up. What I want to know, what, what, the, what, the, uh, what the audience wants to know is where are you right now? I am at the cross streets of 51st and 9th Street, which is Hell's Kitchen, New York City. Oh, HK. Oh, HK. Come on, don't you know that all the cool kids are calling it HK? He, so Nick and I were texting last night. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and he said, you know, living in HK. And I was like, what's HK? What's HK? <laughs> Let me fix oh my, my readers. Did I read that correctly? Did you say HK? What I've got that? my cheaters on. <laughs> yeah, where am I right now? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in New York City, but... Um... But yeah, just living and loving life up here. Um, how have you been navigating the uh, the, the the giant page turn that the Earth took? Ooh, the um, watershed moment. Have you been changing around how to navigate money and um, socializing? And I mean, me and Steve and Ryan have been sitting here in the living room since uh, 1999. Yeah. I, I, I miss that living room. <laughs> the, the deep royal red walls, the hairspray in the dining room, right? It's still there. It's, yeah, it's also there, uh, yeah. except Steven added sort of a uh, Scarlet O'Hara green to the, <laughs> to the windows. They're, they're... Oh, 
One of they're those, vel- huh? They're velvet green, and it looks kind of like the Carol Burnett show when she made the dress. Oh, like a Gone the with the curtain. Wind moment, huh? It's, I wanted a, a heavy winter curtain, and the, gr- the green matches green uh, throw blankets that we put over the couches for the pugs so they don't ruin the couches. Listen, everyone has one of those, Stephen. I don't think you got to explain yourself. You but know? if you were to come here, I think you would basically be visiting the second act of Grey Gardens. <laughs> I, I'd live for it. As long as we opened up the score and started singing a little bit, I'd be there for it. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to? Uh, oh, man. Um, yeah, I think, I, I feel like everyone's, or not everyone. I feel like we're all, I don't know, I've dissected, like, there's the pre-pandemic, and then there's the, you can't really say post-pandemic, right? It's, like, still happening. Um, But it it definitely was, like, um, a turning moment. I was still in this apartment that I'm in right now, and uh, being in New York when the shutdown happened, it was... um, was scary like you would see scenes and like all you could hear was um ambulances and you would see these scenes looking out on the i look out on 51st street and you just see ambulances like parking up and picking up people with like a bunch of families across the street or whatever and your imagination just kind of ran wild while everyone was locked up in these tiny ass apartments and um i didn't i didn't handle it the best if i'm being honest um but i mean who are we to judge how other people are receiving this incredibly, this incredible life pivot, this incredible energetic moment, right? Yeah, but what's the the gauge for going through hell? Exactly, right, because, and also like, I feel like what isn't, or what I don't feel like people talking about that moment was it, like we, we can look at it with some sort of understanding now through like looking at it through like the prison with we have vaccines now we have tests we have different types of tests we have a lot more of an understanding it now but then it was like it felt like it was like the similar to like ebola like it was like this thing was like wild and we didn't have like a true knowledge and understanding of all the different things that could be happening so i don't know i stayed up i watched i stayed up way too late watching tv i had a couple different panic attacks um and I, and I had a little bit of an existential crisis, but from that existential crisis, my life has just been kind of this big domino effect of wonderful changes and just kind of like, I don't know, staying in this state of allowing. <laughs> Where like, it just like you take the gifts that, you, that come before you, the best of what it is, and then just float along. So right before the pandemic happened, um, I had just left my agents. And my second nephew was about to be born. I was walking to Penn Station when I got a call from a teledoc that said, uh, you probably shouldn't go. And then all this stuff happened. And after the, uh, the, what, the existential crisis, I just started all these little projects to try to like control what was uncontrollable. So I started a, a reading society with a bunch of um, actors from up here and some from down in DC where we, uh, read 300 plays, over 300 plays over Zoom within the span of like a year. And we produced over 30 plays, 30 brand new plays that are some of which are kind of hitting the regional circuit right now. Um, So that was like a fun way to kind of like establish community, kind of invest in art. Um, I started a company with two of my best friends, which was providing um, educational outlets for institutions in need online. And we ran my program at the Kennedy Center, the Hennepin Theater Trust, the Hippodrome Foundation, and Department School of Education. And those were like two of like the cornerstones of 2020. But those projects have evolved into further opportunities, which from starting the teaching uh, gig, now I'm teaching adjunct at a college, um, advanced acting. And then um, from, the Quarantine Reading Society, I have been hired by a new off-Broadway theater company to be in a creative leadership position, which we're still kind of figuring out, but it, it, it we're just, it, I don't know. It's like all this different stuff is just kind of like bubbling out. And um, I signed with two new 
agents and things have been kind of kicking along and hopping along on that front. And just recently I'm now line producing, which has been a wonderful way to kind of like commercial line producing. Um, and that's when you, I, when you uh, deal with money, right? Of a commercial? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in, in this line of work, it's basically, uh, I, I work for a software company that um, basically curtails their pitches to Fortune 500s and banks and all these big institutions that deal with lots of customer onboarding and financial movement. And it's, it's kind of like uh, specialized automation. So they kind of make projects for specific people, but they kind of, um, it's kind of like making specific pitch videos and commercials for, um, for them to sell them to TD Ameritrade, to uh, the other different banks and stuff like that. And so once the software is developed for a specific uh, client, it then comes through the chief marketing officer who then says, I have a vision. And then I utilize my network to kind of just, in, in the same vein of like having a producer and a line producer, it's my job to hire the videographer, the photographer, to hire and cast the talents, to make a schedule, to figure out and coordinate between all the different departments, what corporate drivers need to be a part of this project and to kind of assess what artistry we want to invite into the table. Um, and again, that, that just happened from having a conversation about all these other things that I've been juggling. And I never wanted to be a line producer, but I think that they're valuable things to learn to about producing potentially my my own work. I don't know, man. I'm just figuring out figuring out day to day. Uh, it's all it's all a new story every day. Just goofing. Just goofing. Just a just a single guy goofing. <laughs> oh, that but that's fantastic. You have like you've added so many commas to an experience that felt like a period. Oh, you know, I and I think I think the period needed to happen because before the pandemic, I felt like a hamster on the wheel. Like, yeah. I, I, I worked at this amazing job where a bunch of other Broadway actors were working at. It was the W in Times Square. I had health benefits, all that stuff, 50 hours a week. I could take off when I wanted to for auditions. And there was like some momentum with that. There were some really close calls, but it, it literally was a hamster on the wheel. Like I, I wouldn't have changed or evolved or moved on. It was just a state of comfort. And not to say that I, that, I don't know, there's that, that thinking, framing it that way can be problematic in some sort of way. Like I, there didn't need to be some great strife or pain or pandemic, right. For all this change to happen, but I wouldn't have discovered it if there wasn't a period. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I, I'm. It's it's just it's it's one thing one thing at a time. I, I am very hungry to to. I mean, as I'm sure we all are, to get back in a room, you know, like what I wouldn't give to learn a new song with SGS next to me, mocking me not being able to pick up the right harmony line. Right. <laughs> Did that really right. happen? I feel like I shots were fired here, and um. Where, where were the shots really fired, though, SGS? Let's really talk about that. All right. So gather around the red table, everyone. Come and gather around the red table. What? What? I don't understand what you're talking about, first of what? all. What? What? I, I am um, not. I can't validate anything that you said is true. Uh, oh, so, so is it story time? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um... <clears throat> We were doing the Camelot in concert. Is does yeah. that what? Okay, so quick timeline. First thing we did together was that. Yes. Well, then officially, we as a as a as a as a, a child of the theater, I grew up watching all of you guys and learning from all of you guys growing up. So that was the first time I got to work with the SGS for sure. Yeah. And did did it live <laughs> up to your expectations? Hundred percent. I mean, I mean, I, I know. Uh, unfortunately, every single one of you kind of responds similarly, where it's like, you guys don't buy that I didn't like fucking worship the ground. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't think it's a curse word anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, great. Well, fuck. So, I, 
anytime I tell any of you guys those stories, like I could tell you guys stuff that you guys did at all the shows that, I mean, I, I worshiped the ground all, all, cause all I ever wanted to do was work with y'all, do stuff with y'all, create with y'all. And it was intimidating to enter that space, not only because there were DC legends in there, but there were some just theater legends in there too, like Stokes and that stuff, like mm-hmm. crazy. But we're, we're, so that is the start of it where I'm like this nervous little, like, um, I get to work with all these cool people. Well, thank you for thing. noticing my work in Spider Woman. <laughs> I, I, I noticed, all, but Matt, like, like, I'm telling you, like, I noticed all of y'all. I, like, I would, I, I, I was a kid. I was like coming up in middle school and high school. I went to Toby's. I remember going to Signature, then seeing Les Mis and being just astounded by everything that was going on in there and being like, I need to work with those people. So there was a certain level of like understandable, like anytime I actually got to work with you guys, because I was just like, oh, I like, oh, Ryan, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, I I, I kind of believe you, Nick, just because Steve can be kind of a dick when it comes to music like that. (laughs) But like, dude, like Miss Saigon. Now, now Dick Dick still is a curse word. (laughs) Oh, okay. So wait, so can say fuck, can't say the D word. Right. Right. Got it. But Nick, <laughs> don't you kind of come from a very artistic family? Oh, for sure. But that's, I mean, but I, I, um, that's why I had such access to seeing all of you guys do the stuff. Are you dropping the cocktail bottles in the background there? What's going on there, Nick? Uh, I am putting away the dishes that are on the drying rack. I'm, Is there an I'm, earthquake in, uh, in uh, no, HK? I'm, I'm, I am redoing my throat coat honey and throat coat tea because I want a little bit more positive energy. Ah, wait, wait, wait. HK could also be code for Hong Kong. I always thought it was Hong Kong. I yeah. was like, you're living in Hong Kong. That's really cool. And then you were like, Hell's Kitchen. I was like, ah, that's okay. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable. I get that. So, um, like, um, I'm sorry. Well, what was, the, I just want to bring up about? this little, like, known, I think I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make this into the Osmond family, but, isn't like your grandfather wasn't he sort of like the fat one of the founders of um some sort of theater in in town yeah only theater center he 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 was he was one of the the, i think he was the founding managing director and then he ended up moving into some other artistic positions with the theater and he also helped father hartke and her was part of the drama department and ran the drama department with father hartke over at catholic Ah, so the, so there was a huge connection for years, maybe still so, between Ani and Catholic, kind of. Um, I, in terms of like my familial one, yeah, but like my mom was, a, she taught at like, she taught a Catholic UMBC Towson, and she performed all over town. Um, so we we she had already established these working connections with people, um, you know, well before I was born, but, but part of her joy, her love language was going to see shows. So we like went down in DC. Like I used to go down there as a baby uh, when the bread oven was a thing. <laughs> right. And then, or we would go, I would be a baby at Ford's or over at Toby's or only like we lived in the Crawford house when I was like a kid. So yeah, I had been around, but coming up, I would, you guys would be rehearsing something. And I would be at Toby's running around, eating, drinking soda and eating whatever's on the floor <laughs> and just watching you guys do your dang thing. So, I mean, just to, to circle it back, like it, doing like the fix or not the fix, what was it? Elmer Gantry for the first with Same all block. of you guys. Yeah, right. Box <laughs> Same block. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, it must be so reassuring to have a, a family that you don't really have to explain. I mean, you can give a, a, a nice shorthand when you're talking about your life and you don't really have to sound like you're just, you know, doing a hobby. Like this is something, this is something, this yes. is a phase or whatever. Like everyone in your family kind of knows what you're talking about. They get it for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. theater games was like, a, like a thing. Like my my grandfather would, we would be out or not out. We'd be over at their house, and he'd be like, "Well, what what new Shakespeare monologue have you learned?" And I'd be like, oh "Can God. I? I'll do." Yeah. So yeah. we could totally we could totally write a film. And I, think, <laughs> I think I'm writing this right now about your family, 
and there's a fa- there's a family reunion. You no, know, there's a family holiday like get together gathering where all of a sudden the normal sort of charade game that sort of is nice turns into this like King Lear. This King Lear moment where like no one's good enough. <laughs> I mean, I, or, I'm, or, kidding, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm I'm thinking about it. It's like it, it wasn't competitive. It wasn't it was always about like creating a moment and seeing how you could get better. But like it was also uncomfortable too. It was like forced like, hey, we're gonna sing. What's what's like cousin Jesse, are what are you gonna sing? I'm going to sing stars. <laughs> uh, Nick, what are you gonna sing? And my song that they loved to hear me sing was All Good Gifts. That was the the thing that I sang for many of them. They're all around you, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're all around you. They're set um, from heaven above, as they say. All good gifts from Godspell. Correct. Same uh, same poster design as the uh, the same artist that designed that poster designed the Follies posters from from seventy one, which is why they look similar. Oh, I didn't know that, but that tracks. Um, what's the last show you seen live? Ooh, what was the last show I saw live? It might have been Chicken and Biscuits. Chicken and Biscuits. That is a restaurant. <laughs> no, Chicken and Biscuits was, it, it was a Broadway play that played at Circle on the Square, and it was hilarious. It was written by Douglas Lyons, like, something like the majority of the cast was uh, making their Broadway debuts. Norm oh Lewis gosh. was in it. It was a play about, like, uh, family secrets being revealed at a funeral. Very funny and touching. So good. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to go see Company on Wednesday. I've been trying to see Assassins. For forever, but it just I can't that, win the lottery. What's the guy's name? Is it Sondheim that wrote this? I'm just joking. I, I you know I don't know. It could be Stephen <laughs> Schwartz, it could be something. I just don't know. <laughs> was there did were you at any of the special Sondheim things after he passed away? Uh I'm sorry, say that again. Were you at any of the special Sondheim um tributes? <sighs> no, I wasn't. Um I, I I had had the thought being like, oh, I got to go to Marie's Crisis. <laughs> oh, I got to rush tickets to see Company or um, uh, something. But I ended up just uh, putting on Sunday in the Park with George, a little PBS thing, and that that did it for me. That was my own little my own little moment. Do you think his passing is actually a little bit different than like, let's say, another like? Uh, you know, Android Weber passing. I mean, is, is, that, is there more of a personal is connection? Android Weber dead? No, he is not dead. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he is not dead. You know, I don't know. I, I think I'm. I have a special. I mean, we all have a special connection to this man because this man changed the game. Um, my introduction to him was because when I was born my mother was writing her doctorate on Sondheim at, at UMD. Um, but she wasn't able to finish it because there's a famous like thing that she talks about how the computers were dot matrix and I was a baby and I was trying to imitate her typing and I deleted a majority of her dissertation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know just a little prankster at the tender age of like one and a half years old. <laughs> but that kind of like her love of it was very much passed on. And also like, we didn't listen to kids bop. We listened to Sweeney <laughs> or Sunday in the park or into the woods. So I had a very young kind of like introduction to it, which led me to have like my own special growing relationship with it since I was a kid, much like most people. But when he passed it, I wasn't expecting it. I don't, I don't know if anyone really does, but. When it hit, I just kind of, I kind of shrunk for a second and I wanted my own time, but I'm ready to celebrate it when I go see company next Wednesday. I'm ecstatic to go see that. How was the new year in New York? What did I do? Oh, I had COVID. I didn't do anything. Oh, <laughs> you had yeah. gotten it. I had gotten the Omicron. How did you feel? You know... I uh, I had a direct exposure um, with someone, and they got it, and um, so I I thought it was going to be a matter of time, but I didn't really get I didn't get it until a week later, 
And that day, the first day of being sick, I got like hit by a truck. Um, before that, that entire week I had tested five times, four of them were like PCR. Um, and it was just weird. It was a weird time in the city because all like the tents were like running out of rapids and my doctor's office couldn't take an appointment because it was right before Christmas and everyone wanted to make sure that everyone was being safe with all this craziness happening. Uh, the first three days was like achy. Like I don't get aches and pains while I'm sick. I mean, do you guys get aches and pains when you guys get sick? Only like the flu, maybe. I, I just don't, I don't, I, it's never been a sensation. And it, that, that was the worst part of it by far. But we're all the next old, few days, so yes, we have aches and pains. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you, you don't get aches and pains, just wait. <laughs> no, but like when you're sick though. Yeah, like your joints hurt and. Yeah, yeah right. It was, it, it was, it was just weird. And if you're saying that's a sign of things to come, then that's just, it's, that's ominous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's ominous. But, and then I did the taste and smell thing left. And then, um, and then for after that, it was, it was, I was lucky enough to be fully vaxxed and boosted. So I, I felt fine after that, but I was, I was in isolation until the first. Wow. Oh, happy new yeah. year. Happy new year. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All that jazz. My parents were really cute and sweet. They came up to the city and dropped stuff up right outside my door so that I could open oh. stuff up. I know. I know. And, and part of me was relieved because I was glad I didn't, like, I would have been anxious as hell to, like, be the one that got them sick. But thankfully, it worked out in a way where I did not get them sick. So that's good. Well, that's very sweet of them. I'm picturing you, like, sticking your head out a window in your apartment and like yelling down i did i yeah. totally did that and i totally yelled merry christmas I that is guys. So new got york little, man yeah got a little teary and then i was like all right that happened and then went about my day <laughs> um it's in one of the episodes of uh and just like that <laughs> i'm not I'm, I'm unfamiliar wait well, hold on the- we got we we got detracted we were talking about how sgs would punch me every time I messed up a note on my harmonies. Can we go now, back to that? Or we or did we? Oh, we're not going to that. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you you can tell it. I can refute it, but um, <laughs> because why? Did, were you in charge of the harmonies, Stephen? I think in my mind, I'm in charge of most things. <laughs> um, but that, would you? But you do see where that could be a problem. I, I do. I, I mm. kind of cringe in retrospect going, oh my God. I that. Why would no. I do that? Wait. Wait. Oh my God. Hold on. So, like, I, we joke about it because it evolved into a very funny thing that we would do, like, observing other things. Yeah. Like a finger that would be like, notice that. Um, if, if, if ultimately what it was was a big brother making, sh- like, looking out for me, right? Because, like, if I had done that on any other thing in a professional setting where someone had seen me blatantly, or not blatantly, but mess up repeatedly, you wanted me to make sure that I wasn't doing that. I mean, that's how I looked at it. It just looked like you were looking out for me. And yes. I, it's like, it's, yeah, very lovely. We're going to go with that, Nick. We're going to go with that. <laughs> um, I mean, at least in some way, come on. It wasn't you completely being like. But you two no. always had some sort of weird shorthand yeah in, in your in every show that was just sort of um, it, it all came out of that experience it did but 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 i think it kept us from getting nominated <laughs> Listen, we got recommended though let's put it that way i i think what when we're uh this was in the camelot this was like a kenny center gala thing you rehearse and stage everything in like a week it's in a insane week. yeah and i would like to say camelot is just fine as a concert it could, it could just stay that way yeah yeah agreed um but but it's one of those pressure cooker situations where you're like we have five minutes in a dream and having done uh, another one but i did the my fair lady the year before knowing that i think somewhere in my mind i was like oh my god we don't have time to go over yeah. this again that's not that's incorrect what you're doing <laughs> Yeah, but it was the, it was the, it was also, but we were doing it and the, it was almost like there was a little, like a twinkle of joy in your eye yeah. that was followed with a, a little tap on the shoulder with one finger that went, and then slowly the pressure went a little bit farther. I was like, is that the right note? 
Oh yeah, who played um, that the, right the lead? Uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell. Okay. Stokes. After Robert Goulet died, like they should never have to do Camelot ever again. But I Stokes was Stokes a great was amazing. Arthur. Yeah, oh, he was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we kept doing that gag because uh, we, we we then did Elmer Gantry. We spent uh, some time under the tent there. Um, he's coming back. He's coming back. And you will and... not believe. Uh, carry that box. <laughs> the, the box oh, you want to raise the roof? Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, yeah. what was the other thing from that? There were a bunch of other bits and routines. Oh, and the night heat. What was that? Between oh yeah, trains. Yeah, it sounded like a like a, a Springsteen song. Um, I mean, I love I loved the music in that. I loved also. It ain't a swindle, pal. Ain't a swindle. It ain't a um, swindle. Spread my big white <laughs> angel wings. Yeah, that was Sean Burns line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Also, out of that came uh, our little shorthand of uh, the uh, composer. Um, was it Lee Mark? No, what's his name? Mister Mixelplick. Um, Bob. It wasn't Bob. It was uh, Bob. Bob Satuloff is the lyricist. Yeah, it wasn't him. It was the other guy. I wanted to say Lee Marvin. That's not right, is it? No. I forget. Wonderful actor Lee Marvin. Though. Yeah, that that's a six million dollar man. I'm going to have to look this up because we we this. He is also did the Grinch, I believe. Well, anyway, he was describing what's happening in this song. It's like a it's it's a ba 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 ba. And I and Nick was recording the rehearsal, and there I am on the recording, going, "Oh, it's one of those." <laughs> just and and that now just transfers to everything. Which I don't know if the listeners heard earlier when describing his "Gone with the Wind" curtains, I had said, "Oh, it's one of those." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, um. Then we did the fix together, which was crazy, stupid, fun. Mel Marvin. That's yes. It. Mel Marvin, not Lee Marvin. <clears throat> um, but the last time the, the three of us were shared a stage was the uh, the Titanic. Yeah. The that the I feel like it's like the one that got away, you know. The you know, I mean. Yeah, it got away. Like I felt like that show was gonna go somewhere and do something, and then and then it sunk. And then it sunk. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a funny thing. It's like when when all that was happening, when like auditions for like what was supposed to potentially happen. Having had other conversations with people up here in the city, Titanic apparently is this great white whale of a show that is always looking to have this remount. Right. And it's all like there's always talks of like a production of Titanic being remounted. And while it, while I wish that there had been something that had happened from it, it's still like that experience was so precious. Talk about it. Talk about a show or getting to do a show with an entire cast of people that I had grown up looking up to that with that. that it was just it was such a beautiful experience for sure. You know, um, I, I'm sure people could say that this is not true and that I wasn't the, the, the reason for this but uh when Maury Yeston came and saw the show we were in the lobby and I had him sign the back of my shirt with a shirt and I and I reached him I reached him by, I touched him by the arm and I said uh you are going to play for us tonight right <laughs> and he said what and I said you know like just the opening number or something oh and and then he ushered himself right over to the piano and did that da 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 okay I did this I did this I, did this. I thought that was so well cool. nobody Yes, oh, that's one of the, uh, I am so grateful for you for saying that because that was one of the most magical theater moments I think I've ever had because he's, because it, because he, he's a very, I don't know, I didn't expect for there to be a performance and there was, and he was like, oh no, and he really sat down and he told his story and he, it, I think the, the chords and the phrasing he said was, well, I want to write a story about Titanic and it's a sad song and he was like, and that's E minor. But it can't just be all sad. It has to be some happy parts. And that's E major. And that brings the whole like back and forth that goes into starting all of it. And yeah. that was like, I remember my jaw being on the floor. You were sitting on the ground looking up at him and just like looking around me like, is everyone understanding what's happening right now? And yeah. everyone was. Everyone was very present with the, 
hit like the insight into his like creation which was like so cool it's a, it's like a facebook memory i always share because it's it's just one of those moments where you're like understanding the 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 actual the like thought process yes and chord structure of something that you never would have even dissected in that way and then of course when it starts driving and sounding scary you know um i think for myself uh, Titanic at Centra Theater had to have been one of the most exciting casts and sets and orchestra oh. across the board. It was one of the most amazing experiences. Being in that show, we could talk about this for the rest of the night. Being in that yeah. show, I felt like I was watching what everyone else was watching. It was almost like a, a meta. It I mean, was. It was such a different experience because I actually knew what everyone was feeling. When I would watch Chris Mueller fly down every night above me, I was like, I was um, just so touched and sad watching this this person that I had seen be this character, watching his character kind of die or whatever. It was a beautiful show. Oh, for sure. And uh, like it, it, there was, there was, it was, it was just a very special. Um, it was a kick-ass cast. It was a it was a kick-ass cast. Everyone bought in. Everyone loved what they were doing. Everyone had showed up to work, to be present, to be vulnerable, to do the piece justice. People like and like the throats in that cast were amazing. The actors like again like it was just it was just a perfect. It, the the leadership was fantastic. The music direction was fantastic. Like there was so much good that happened and i think what i i don't know what i've learned since then is that those are the moments that you hold near and dear to your heart because sometimes it doesn't line up that way you know a classic uh direction moment um eric <laughs> saying okay so you're coming down you go down <laughs> this way you walk up you look around go oh this is going to be a good boat <laughs> this is going to be a good boat yeah so then yeah. we would yeah. all say oh, good oh it's boat. a good boat yeah oh good boat Oh, that's hysterical. Oh, for sure. Right, because we don't want to be on a bad boat. We want to be on a good boat. Oh, the last boat we were on was bad boat. This is going to be a good boat. This is going to be a good boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and, and yeah, it was just... Uh, it was a, and also, But also, I think one of the things that always helped me get into it was the orchestra. I mean, obviously, Moriestin to play all that stuff down, but to have, what was it, like a 22-piece orchestra? Yeah. Like, come on, come on. You're singing with a French horn, get out of here. That's too cool. I know, and um, oh shoot, what's his name, the music director? Um, John Coldplay? James no. Moore. No. What? Oh, oh yeah, James Moore. James. So, uh, James, I, I, I can't, I never called him James, but I'm gonna call him James now. Um, he would yeah. always, he was such a, a diva, badass conductor and musician and everything. But man, he always took the like the best orchestra vows. Remember that? Oh, I mean, yes. he was he was just like, God damn, yes, here we are. Well, no, it, it was it was always like a he had that look in his eye that was like, I just did that. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that just happened. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was so amazing, and having that happen every night. Um, you know, I mean, it's true. I don't think people really, really understand the magic of transforming um, each other and in a theater experience. And that's not to say people who don't do other jobs or do other things can't, you know, be magical. But there's just something different when you create that magical moment and then it's all over. It's done. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> it's Brigadier. I, yeah, I mean, the thing, I, I, what, what I was trying to think of is I was trying to circle back to like those shows that I saw watching you guys come up and do the dang thing, like Les Mis, Miss Saigon at Toby's. I mean, what are some of the other ones that you felt like were like that, where you had that awareness of how special it was in the moment? Jekyll and Hyde. You go first, Matt. Yes, Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, Jekyll and Hyde. I like... You don't understand. I, I was a young Colombian. I was like sitting at B five, like writing down everything y'all were doing. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I think in order to have that, uh, those stars aligned for me, and this is just an, an opinion, which clearly is a lowercase o, <clears throat> is it has to be, for me, a really kick-ass score yep. with a really kick-ass story. I don't know if it necessarily needs an amazing book, but it's got to have that really special, unique cast. Because as we know, you can get together and do magical theater and still walk away sometimes with that cast that somehow did not click or created drama or something that just didn't quite, it was just, it just was a show. Yeah. But I think when those magical moments happen, uh, and I think I had a lot of those magical moments in dinner theater. I mean, yeah. when I was in dinner theater, the family of dinner theater was so much different. Uh, there was a, a whole different caring about the business. Uh, there also was a, maybe a different not caring about the business that was kind of a, a nice balance. Yeah. It never took that itself too serious, yet it took itself serious enough. And um, I think I, I have a very fond member, mem memories of doing uh, Crazy For You and Chorus Line at Burn Bray and Cats at Toby's and um, I remember all of those. different things. But uh, I think two of my most transformative experiences had to do with directors that I, that transformed me, not the other directors weren't transformative, but they kind of transformed me as an actor. <clears throat> and that was me working with Synetic on a production of Salome. And then I think working with Joe Calarco was life-changing and how I view yeah. talking through the lens of a piece with an actor. He's so smart. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, there's like a confluence of, of events that happen because while on one hand, I want to be like a director to steer the collective ship in a direction that is innovative and smart and um, new and fresh. I also think that the part of the leadership is making space for the creatives that have been invited to the table to make those choices giving them agency, giving them a seat there. Because <clears throat> I mean, we've all been part of projects where it's just like, no, this is what I want, you need to do this. And then all of a sudden it becomes about doing something that isn't, I mean, and to some extent, it is the actor's job to thread that through line. But yeah. I've, I've always felt that the most, a collaborative practice has been the most fruitful. Like where the brilliant mind, where all the, these brilliant minds that we've been so lucky to work with give space in some way to saying, this is the construct that I've made, or this is the infrastructure I've made. Now, how are you gonna fill it? And then adjust from there. You know what I mean? There's like, that's the way of like holding a conversation or setting the, setting the standard for creativity in that time. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, I can't think of any other shows I wanna, to, I want to make it the, the Matt interview, but. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking all three of you because I've, I've seen, I've watched, I, Came up watching y'all doing your dang thing. Right? Footloose. <clears throat> Miss Saigon comes to mind. I keep bringing oh, that one up. Me. Jekyll and the Hyde. I Nine don't times. remember those years, Nick. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> no, uh, I'm trying to think of something here that was transformative for me. I, I, I said Jekyll and Hyde. I'll stick with that. It was coming from the West End doing what, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Code. And then I had just moved here and it was just nice to be in a, a show where like the director actually like worked with us. And what was she talking about? It was always about being organic. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of I, I guess what about you? Uh, that production of Lady Miz remains like one of the best, I think that I've ever had the, the pleasure of being in. For sure. I, I would say the same of Titanic, but, and, and while many shows were amazing, um, the other two on a short list I would pick would be Hairspray at Signature mm. and uh, The Boy Detective Fails at Signature. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, that scene where you walk in and James is on the other side, and that silence that you guys had after not meeting for forever, mm -hmm. I remember crying because I thought it was so 
Brilliant. And Margot, Tom Simpson, Russell, Tracy. Oh, that was such a brilliant, brilliant cast and brilliant show. Mm-hmm. And Adam Guan's music was just like, what? what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it just, what was the other one that you had mentioned? Oh, so does, does he fail in the end? Oh, yeah, he does fail. Oh, right. Yeah, It's a big fail. Um, Hairspray, the... Hairspray was one of those uh, shows that, like, it was the best cast. It was like like Titanic. It was a great group of people. Was that a signature? Yeah. yeah. Everybody was there with their A game. Everyone got along. Um, I didn't do it one show the same. You did not. I, every night it was a different night. <laughs> he was male authority figure, so he got to just be. Listen, in, they say insane. consistency is the death of good acting. One night he like had a limp. <laughs> One night he was afraid of any teenager. Um, One night I had something wrong with my mouth. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I remember in, because Les Mis was like, um, I have to work here. I have to work with these people. I have to do, I I just have to. Um, And I remember it was because of the uh, Javier suicide and him killing himself before he finished the song. Mm-hmm. I I I lost my marbles. <laughs> I think he and did he that because like, he didn't have the note, but that's you know just creative wait, thinking around are, the way. You know, wait a second. Wait, n- no, are you serious? I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, I was like kind well, of sort of maybe of, I don't know. I can't remember. Kind, it's been a long time. I think you're getting warmer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, that was ju- it was just a, it was magical. There's so much good theater. There was, there is so much good theater going on in DC. What's going on down there right now? I don't know. Beauty and the Beast was going on. I saw Rent. That was fucking fantastic. Um, is there much else stuff going on down there? We well, honestly, we've not really seen. We haven't <laughs> seen anything. We were a little bit busy writing a show. Well, we had had to write a couple of things in the pandemic, and then also teaching and doing other things. We haven't gone and actually seen anything in three years. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we've Lord. seen just a few things online. On uh, yeah, online. Yeah, but yeah, there's stuff going on. Except when it's not like, except when it gets shut down. We saw that know. great play about that guy who works for Barbara Streisand. Oh, buyer seller. Oh yes, yeah, so good. Where was that? Online on TV. Oh, uh, right now at the Kennedy Center, uh, just national tours, the prom, and ain't too proud. So good. So good. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff coming back, and then it's shutting down, and then it's coming back, and then it's extended, and then it's closing. You know, it's 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 the way of it's the way of the world right Right, now. Because Ford did Christmas Carol, but then it closed down, right? It it actually performed all of the shows it was supposed to. Yeah, they were. Oh, that's great. They were very stringent on their COVID uh, testing and everything, and not that anyone else wasn't. It was just I think they just got lucky, ending like before Omicron, like exploded um but yeah it's it's uh oh beautiful was just here too beautiful was here yes yeah and a a little story about beautiful i thought somebody when somebody told me about that show they said it's the carol king musical but i thought they said carol kane and i was like i would love to see a movie uh, a musical about carol kane do you know who that is of course i do not i I do not oh god okay so you've seen um unbreakable kimmy schmidt uh you've seen the princess bride right um, I'd have to be reminded what that was about. The Princess Bride. You didn't wait. Stop. My Hold name on. is Amigo Montoya. You killed my father. Oh, oh, oh! Prepare to die. Yep. There we go. There we go. I, see, I remember that. Hello. She's the old woman opposite Billy Crystal. Uh, you know when they're trying to bring him back to life. Um. She, she, anyway, she's just a quirky kind of yeah. character actress. Yeah, absolutely. So that is a funny and, story, Ryan. It yeah, paid sorry, off. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Nick, you know, you're young. And isn't Andre the Giant in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know Andre the Giant? Do they, you know who that is, Nick? I um, yes, I know who Andre. <laughs> okay, How dare just you? Before Matt went on, just wanted to. Andre the Giant. <laughs> there are stories, stories about Andre drinking because he could drink. Yes. Like unreal amounts of alcohol. Yes, and couldn't really get drunk because he was so big. Yeah, yeah like something like about him drinking like. And that was a funny story years. too, Matt. 
yeah, we're we're full of funny stories here tonight. Um, just goofing. Just just a couple of guys goofing on a Thursday. Talking evening. about musicals and Andre the Giant. Yeah, just like you do. Um, yeah. So so what's 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 on the horizon with all this new stuff? Any anything coming up that you want to you're excited about that you're uh, you know what what's 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 Nick's uh, forecast for the next couple months? Oh man, you know I'm 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 in this. I think I I don't know if I've said it a couple times. But like uh, trying to stay in this state of allowing, allowing these things to to pop up and allowing myself to discover them. There's so many different projects that are popping up, whether it be with line producing or with the new off Broadway theater or with my company or at teaching and like there all these different things. But I think one of the things I'm most excited about is um, staying present in each and every one of those opportunities, but staying vigilant with my goals and aspirations with my creative endeavors in my career. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's the only way that I can, like, I think that's the, that's the way I want to set myself up for the next six months to a year. Cause there's so much uncertain stuff going on. And if I can, have a creative moment or flex my creativity or my, my creative brain in one of those outlets, that is not a wasted endeavor. It is what is in front of me. And if I can show up wholeheartedly to it and do it, then that's what it is. I mean, obviously I'm going to keep, keep auditioning, keep grinding. I love, I love my new agents. I think they're great, but like nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's, nothing's promised. So how do I keep living that life? that I'm trying to cultivate, which is one that's of creativity and presence. It's just being present with the present things that I got in front of me, I guess. I don't know. Maybe was, all that brought, was all that brought to us by the back of the tea box that you were drinking out of? Or? <laughs> the, uh, no, I mean, it might be the positive energy vibes from the tea, but- <laughs> You deserve yeah. all of that, Nick. All of it. Oh, you deserve it thank all. you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I'm just looking to work with good people, good, talented people and whatever, whatever discipline that might be. Like, let's, let's put on a show. Why not? We could do the Carol Kane musical. <laughs> I would want to see that. Yeah. I would, no, I would. I would. Raising Kane. <laughs> I wish I had a, a... <laughs> wait, is that what we're calling it? Raising Kane? Oh, that's the working that's title. That's the working title, I guess, just for in the room. Can you imagine though, like, Oh, I went to see the Carol King musical. The Carol King musical or the Carol King musical? <laughs> one's beautiful, one's schmutiful. Which wild oh, party did you see? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question to ask. Which wild party do you lean towards? Oh, what, which wild party do you associate with, Nick? Oh, I think I, I would be lying to you if I didn't say the Lippa is filled with bops and I like the story structure of Lafusa. It was well, very, very uh, diplomatic have, of you. I can't tell this story. Wait. So I, I mean. Oh. <laughs> Teaser. He's not going to be listening. So I was at a bar one night with um, a composer mm-hmm. who, who wrote uh, one of the wild parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nick, um, Nick sounds very grave. After I had a, after I'd had a couple of beers, I kind of you know was trying to really just think of a million things to say. Back when Matt drank beers, anyone, anyone? I well, that that was my first reaction. I was like, "You was drinking a beer?" No, I'm saying beer, but it was glasses of vodka. <laughs> there we go, <laughs> in a Toby's glass. And so at one point, I said, "Oh my gosh, it must have been so crazy." writing the wild party with someone else writing the wild party and i think you're friends with that person and they both you know being produced on broadway and i'm just like making small talk and trying to like talk and this composer well which one did you like oh and then my heart started being a little faster and i thought oh my god and i said well you know i don't really get out to see a lot of stuff in New York. So I didn't really see either one, but I can tell you this much, uh, the, from, from, the, from what I've been listening to, the other guys was just way too commercial. 
and that's a compliment, right? I thought it was. And yeah. then he grabbed his jacket, said goodnight to everyone in the bar but me, and left. And there's other parts of that story that I'm kind of leaving out just in case. I mean, I don't have an agent here in Arlington, <laughs> um, but I'm looking for one possibly in Arlington, Texas. All this to say, I lean towards the Lacusa. There you go. Um, you do. I do. That's I. I identify with the Lacusa. I just it's, like it's a wild party. It's, yeah. I. I. Yeah. Don't you want to be the, the life, life of the party? party? Yeah. yeah. I I, mean, I I lean to the left and I dress to the left, <laughs> but I do drive on the right. And I hear that affects your inseam. It, it has affected a lot. Um, <laughs> Wait, was that SGS that laughed? As long as I got SGS to spit up, I did not. No, it was oh, not me. It. it was Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you. I feel seen. Absolutely. It takes a lot, <laughs> Nick. It takes a lot. You know that. Oh, I know for sure. Um, well, wow, we, we just had some tea spilled on a hot, juicy Broadway composer story to, to end the Nick Leanne episode. I feel like that was a, a special moment. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, listen, I think it's a revealing question and it's okay if you sit on the fence. Um, Not in all aspects in life, though, right? Right, right, right. I mean, come right. on, take a, take a with stand. The wild, with, the, with the wild party, you can sit on the fence. With other things, take a damn stand. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Get the shot. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you know. get the booster. Enough. Man up. Yeah, Man Supreme up. Court. What are you doing? Oh, oh Supreme Court. Uh... Mm. That's a yeah. whole other podcast. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. But everyone had to make sure they were va vaccinated and masked up to be in that courtroom. So that's funny. Um, in that's and of fake itself, news. I heard that. I heard that was fake news. Oh, really? Yeah, I, that's what Tucker Carlson says. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, Man, he's, he's joking, everyone. He's yeah, that joking. Was, sorry, that was a joke. That was a joke. Um, I, I call him Fucker Carlson. There I you was going to say, I was going to say, let's play the name game. <laughs> the name game. Tucker, 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 Fucker, Fucker, Fauci, Fauci, Bo Fauci. Oh God, I'm not even the drinking. You know what I miss? What? I miss the uh, times that you would come and stay with us because we had to get up the next morning and go to a matinee. I miss coming out, coming over and watching you guys write. And we would sit and we would have some drinks and then we would wake up the next morning and go do a show. Like what was the, I don't remember which one, it might've been Monsters. But, but and Ryan, you were there. We were like talking about like this. This song needs to be and and it, that was like truly my first like real introduction to like a, a creative process behind the table with like creatives. And it was so uninhibited and chill. But like you were talking about like the scene that was like to the left. To the left. That was monsters. Yeah. Yes. The telescope song. To the left. To the left. To the right. To the left. Yeah. And then and then and we and we would talk and like wax poetic about the same thing that like Maury did where it was like the meaning behind a chord or a progression or a tempo and then we'd say they just they just they're old men now they're How old not. are they like five six they're they're five they they'll be six this coming year this year but are they um, so when I say old men I don't mean like I mean more like are they as spirited young pugs as they once were they have not changed they have <laughs> They have not changed. If anything else, they have doubled down on their pugnaciousness. Um, well, Bye Bye's got big. Yeah. Bye Bye's takes after his mother's side. Don't Sheila. Listen to him, Byron. Is it yeah. Sheila? No, Percy. His mother? Is Percy. Oh, Percy. His mother's Percy? Yeah. Who's the father? Darth Vader. Who's his mother? I uh, can't remember his mother's name at the top. Well, anyways, we saw pictures of Bye Bye's mom, and he looks just like his mother. Dumb She's thick, Zoftic. <laughs> yeah, dumb thick. I mean, yeah. I went when when we were having like the last time was on Titanic because uh, my my parents' house was like an hour an hour fifteen minutes away. It was a gift to not only spend more time with you, but for you guys to be so gracious as to open your home up to let me stay. It was a gift. 
and to play with the puppies, the puppy pugs. It was awesome. I miss those. I think so you much. guys are starting to do tours of like Grey Gardens Act Two right here. Uh huh. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. <clears throat> yeah, we're doing a, a sort of a sit down here. Um, <laughs> we've been in a sit down. We've, we've done it. We're going to do a sit down of just Act Two of Grey Gardens. Uh, people can come in and have a drink and see a couple of songs from Grey Gardens. I mean, they can take something with them, right? They and, know, feel, and feel free to take something. I was thinking of doing the same thing by just singing through the libretto of Phantom by myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I think Phantom should always be looked through the lens of a one-man show. Yeah. I, could, I think I could do it, as long as I kept it in the same keys, right? Totes. <laughs> All right. This is going yeah, off the rails. Um, it's not off the rails. It's exactly on time, baby. But at the sixty-minute mark, we're hitting we're hitting all our marks. Yeah, we're 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 wrapping up now. Uh, all right, the music's playing. Uh, yeah. So uh, you'd like to thank who? Um, who'd I like to thank? I'd Where like to thank. Where can we follow my... you, Nick? Where? Oh God. Uh, um, oh, Nick Talk. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Come on, that's a great TikTok name, Nick Talk. Yeah, he's on TikTok. I am on TikTok. TikTok. I'm pri my primary my primary socials. I would say would go like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. <laughs> so uh, on Instagram it's N Lehan, Facebook is Nick Lehan, uh, Twitter is N Lehan one, and LinkedIn is Nick Lehan. Pretty simple. And Nick Talk on TikTok. Yeah, and TikTok. If, if you want to see one little TikTok that I made, I'm mostly a, just a consumer on that app. It's a big old time suck. We need more content from TikTok. All right. I mean, you know what? That's going to be on my six-month goal list. I'm going to come up with some content. I'll send it to you, and we'll just we'll put it on the screen process. Yeah, just drink some tea, man. I'd watch that. Some positive vibe tea, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and maybe, like, attempt to do the one-man fan of the opera. I mean, I'd watch that, too. In the same key. I think that's important. I need to make sure that I sell that. Yeah, absolutely. And and make your own mask out of like something around the house. I, I first thought toilet paper. Yep. Like a, I mean, like that's a, too precious a commodity. I was thinking tidy whities but yeah, I don't have any tidy whities but we could uh, maybe a sock might do. I don't know. It's we're it's a, we're workshopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Nick. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. it's been a pleasure and honor and. Uh, uh, Always great to talk to you. Congratulations on everything. Oh, thanks. It sounds yeah, amazing. You know, I'm excited and I'm looking towards the future to keep on pushing, but it was really good connecting with you. And I hope that I get to, maybe we can do like a little cocktail thing on Zoom or something. I just, I need to see you guys. I need more of your energy. I, it, this, this, was a, this was awesome. We would love that. Anytime you're down, just let us know. And I'm also noticing listeners the, the when when you actually like type in your name to join the podcast um nick didn't just write like nick lehan he wrote nicholas oh. bernard lehan the <laughs> third listen um, anytime i'm ever asked to write my name into something i'll I, i'm not a third i am i am the only one that is me but i think like the full polysyllabic three name thing it, there's like some humor in there no Oh, yeah, it, it, it made me laugh because I just noticed it and I thought you I'm gonna call you Bernie from now on. Oh yeah, Bernie. Oh Bernie. One of those. Oh mittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh mittens. Oh my god, our our neighbor dresses Bernie for uh, Halloween. Oh yeah. She had mittens. Yes, yes. Best of luck to you, man, to everything you do. I love all of you guys. Thank you so much for your time and I'll see you guys next time. All okay. right. Bye, buddy. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Nick. We love you. We had such a great time talking with you. Um, I, I guess I could be a jerk um, when it comes to uh, choral singing in a show. <laughs> I always thought I was like the choir leader in the tenor section. I guess I have to work on myself in that regard. It was really probably not something I should have done. Well, maybe your personality is, its if it's an A, it's not an A flat, and it's not an A sharp, it's an A. Well, 
I feel like I was brought up in this DC theater community to make no mistakes and to have no uh, faltering. You had to do it full out all the time, and I feel like that was the training I got coming up through Signature, Arena, and Fords, and everywhere else, and maybe I was just trying to be a big brother. I, I would like to think I was trying to be a big brother to Nick, and I'm so glad he brought that up. We're going to go with that. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, uh, if you want to know more about us, please look us up, www.connorsmithmusicals.com. Follow us on Facebook, Connor and Smith. Um, and if you want to be part of our newsletter, you know, we do a newsletter every month. Uh, you can go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. We would love if you did that. There's a lot of uh, more private things that we don't talk about on the podcast that are featured there. So please do sign up for the newsletter. Um, in the meantime, I'm not going to come up with a new catchphrase for season four. I feel like it is the season one catchphrase, which is turn your heart into, into art. art. Happy season one. I'm sorry. Season four, episode one. Everyone. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining. We Bye. love you.